you all a, a happy new year. <laughs> so right at the beginning of 2013 we've all survived 2012. All the various doomsday predictions have uh, come and gone with not much event and we're now in the, the first week of 2013 and of course you know, the, the new year is, is a convention. You know, We use this particular 1st of January is our new year and I think in Thailand it's February, sometime in February and then the Tibetans have another date that they use so different people see the, the uh, official new year at different times the Chinese new year also so you know, it's not that, that anything special happens on the, the 1st of January but it's uh, it's like a marking of a, a cycle and for uh, some of us here, a few of us here were at the New Year Retreat that we, we led at Insight Retreat Centre in Scotts Valley or in Santa Cruz and at the, at the New Year's Eve we did a ceremony where we really brought to mind the the regrets or the burdens that we may have been carrying over that year, 2012, that we didn't want to carry with us through to the next year, things that we'd be better off putting down. And uh, because we couldn't burn anything there, they have a, the sign saying something along the lines of, only karma is burnt in this <laughs> retreat centre. <laughs> because we didn't, couldn't have a burning ceremony like we normally do so we had a composting ceremony instead where we, uh, we wrote our regrets down on a piece of paper and then we very mindfully tore them up and, and dropped them into a, a trench and then we scattered them with rose petals that had been collected here at the Vihara over the year and then put earth on top and watered it and this this uh, part of the garden will become an herb garden which will, you know, the herbs will be used to uh, flavour the food for the yogis and maybe for uh, some health, you know, a little bit of healing if you're sick or sometimes it can just uplift the spirit to have some good, good scent and good flavour from the herbs so, uh, so this is the, the ceremony of transforming our regrets and burdens into something beautiful and healing uh, through that process of, of composting. And then we each spoke out our aspiration for this year in a word or two words. So it's really helpful to have these times when we, we kind of stop and have a look at you know, where, where is my life going? Where is my mind going? 
habitually? And where would I like to go? Do I want to keep recreating the same scenario again and again, or do I want to actually go in a different direction? So the, the new year is a, is a particularly potent opportunity for this. Um, and then of course we've got to put the work in. You can't just say, I want to be more patient, you know. You've got to put the work in. So, uh, one of the things, when I first came across the Buddha's teaching, one of the things I really, really appreciated about it was the, the emphasis on the opportunity to begin again in every breath, in every step. So in doing walking meditation, every step is an opportunity to come back and be mindful and be present in this moment. And then maybe the next step we've forgotten again, we lost again. And then maybe five or six steps down the line, we remember again, and then, ah, oh, this is a step where I can be mindful. So, it was very different to the, what I'd grown up with, which was the, the um, sense of, you know, you're a person who's born into the world, and you have the, the uh, possibility of doing good and, and doing harm. And if you do good, you'll go to heaven forever. And if you do harm, you'll go to hell forever. It's a pretty uh, difficult thing to, to get landed with, really. So, um, you know, in the, in the Buddhist teaching, it's so different in that, first of all, there is not this uh, <coughs> emphasis on being a person. In fact, there's an emphasis on not being a person. And the, the possibility for transformation in any moment you know, we are not stuck. Each moment of our life, if we remember, is, is an opportunity for, for cultivating the, the wholesome, letting go of the unwholesome. So, you know, we've, we've, come, we've come into this new year, and I'd just like to invite you to have a look you know, or, or each of us to have a look. You know, are we just taking our preconceived selves into this new year? Because we create ourselves again and again. We're constantly creating ourselves. We have the me and mine narrative going on, and we don't even notice it. It's going on so often. My history, what I'm doing, the kind of person I am, what I'm going to do in the future whether I'm successful or a failure or hard done by or fortunate or whatever it might be. You know, we, we play that little recording again and again and again in our minds. And we're so used to it that, that uh, we don't even notice it. Or if we do notice it, we think it's real. We believe in it because we've heard it so many times. So... This new year is an invitation to, first of all, to really notice the way that we create ourselves in our minds. And of course, what we, what we, in the way we use our minds affects the way we use our speech and our body and our, the way we manifest in the world. So to really have a, a close look at, you know, what is the story 
What story am I telling myself again and again that helps to recreate this particular person, this me? What is the storyline? And to get familiar, really familiar with the storyline, so that when it comes up in the mind that we recognise it, oh, there's that story again. Ah, that's the story of me and mine. And we can start to hear it more clearly and question it, you know, is it true? Is this a true story? Is it the only story? Could there be a different, you know, could there be a completely different story from the, from the same um, situation? And to really get to know this uh, way that each of us creates ourselves. We all do it. Least, well, I don't know that for sure, but I do. <laughs> so, um, you know, getting to know the storyline, getting to know the places that we get snagged on that, that we become it. And to start to really, you know, scrutinize it, uh, question it, start to tease it apart. And uh, try, you know, like instead of just following that same old story, to try, what if I change the storyline? What if I rewrite the character a little bit? What's going to happen? And just try it out and see. So, you know, the Buddha was pointing to the illusion of this, uh, what we call me. And not just saying, you know, you shouldn't, that there is no self, don't believe that there is a self, but inviting us to have a really close look. What makes up this me and mine? And uh, one of the, the first three fetters one of the first, uh, the, the three um, ways of thinking that are blocking us from, from really seeing clearly. So from the, the first stage of enlightenment stream entry or Sotapanna, uh, the first three fetters, one of those three is identity belief. So there's... Uh, Believing that rites and rituals will liberate us—that's one—or or, or uh, not, or believing that rites and rituals are, are inherently wrong—that's also that's kind of the other side of the same thing. So those—that's an obstacle if we're attaching to particular practices or um, even techniques. Then, and, and believing if I just do this I'm going to get enlightened then this is an obstacle to enlightenment and doubting the, the, uh, the fact that there is an awakening or that the Buddha did awaken and the teaching, the Buddha's teaching on impermanence that all things are changing in a state of flux and because that is the case there is no inherent self. And because that is the case, we can't find lasting happiness in this changing world. So uh, as long as we don't really know that for ourselves, 
then there's a, there's maybe a doubt. You know, maybe the Buddha didn't really know what he was talking about. Uh, you know, maybe maybe I should uh, go and be a Sufi. Maybe I should uh, go and do something else because the the I don't really know if that's true or not. But actually, the Buddha's teaching is 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 apparent here and now. It's it's for us to see for ourselves. It's not hidden. So to really investigate the changing nature of things, to see through our own experience how everything is changing. It's uh, attuning the mind, it's like tuning up to that, uh, it's kind of like a, a, an, an open secret that everything is changing all the time. So tuning into that, and then we know for ourselves, and we, we don't have to believe or not believe, then we know for ourselves the, the teaching is true, because we see it with our own eyes. And then uh, the identity belief, it's often called personality, translated as personality belief, but I think identity belief is more, maybe more accurate or more helpful way of translating it which is pointing to the, you know, the, the, the elements that make up what we think of as me and mine. So this body, the feelings, our perceptions of the way things are, the, the thoughts, ideas, the mental formations, and uh, consciousness through the six sense bases, eye, ear, nose, tongue, body and mind. So all of these you know, elements that are going on all the time here, you know, it feels like me. This body feels like me and my body. And uh, the feelings definitely feel very much like the mind. And the perceptions are, are difficult to notice. But uh, it's, it is noticeable sometimes when there are two people looking at the same situation who have very, very different perceptions. Then you start to see, oh, my perception is just a perception. Um, the thoughts, the endless fanfare of thoughts that go on. And then the sense consciousness, I mean, that's very powerful. You know. I open my eyes and uh, it certainly feels like I'm, I'm me here sitting on, the, on this mat and, and you're out there I mean, it, that's what it feels like I hear sounds and I hear them here I don't hear them in, through Bill's ears so it, that, that uh, sense of, like, of being here being me, this is me, this is mine this body is me and mine this these uh, experiences that I'm experiencing through the senses are, are me and mine. It feels very real. So the Buddha is really inviting us to, to investigate and question these. So, you know, we can just uh, recreate ourselves in the new year. This is me in 2013. And I'm this kind of person who with this history and I'm gonna be whatever this year we can do that we've probably already done it a few times already but just to uh, recognize that that's it's a creation that we're creating ourselves 
And it might be that we can't stop creating ourselves. It's a very, very deep habit. But we can, uh, like, question, challenge a little bit the, the habitual creation. And do we want to just keep on following the same old story again and again and again? In quite a number of suttas, the Buddha speaks about um, the importance of arousing desire. You know, we often think that desire is something that we shouldn't have. But he speaks about the importance of arousing desire for cultivating the non-arising of unwholesome states, the abandoning of unwholesome states, the arising of Wholesome or arousing of wholesome states and the maintenance of those wholesome states. So this comes up again and again and again. So, you know, when we're just operating under the, the habit of me and mine, this is what I'm like, and I've always been like this, I've got these tendencies, and uh, then we're, we're, just, we're just kind of continuing the same old way. We're not really applying the practice to our direct experience but if we uh, really notice what's going on and we remember remembering is one of the most difficult parts of the whole practice when we remember then we can recognize well I've got that I do have that tendency you know, maybe we have a tendency to addiction I do have that tendency to addiction maybe I am addicted to having a drink or I'm addicted to the computer you know, whatever it is, it might be there's various degrees of of, of uh, harm or wholesomeness or unwholesomeness. In, you know, depending on what we're addicted to, some things are, are kind of, you know, you can kind of get by, and some things will ruin your life. So, if you, you might recognise you have this tendency to addiction, so knowing that it's not it's not that you deny it, but you know, oh, and I'm just not going to create myself as somebody who's addicted, but you know there's that tendency to addiction, so you keep away from situations that are going to stimulate that addiction. That's just a, a very s simple example of having desire for the non-arising of unwholesome states. Or if you have a, a tendency to aggression, then keep away from you know, violent movies aggressive sports even. You know, don't don't uh, put yourself in situations that's going to bring that up stronger. So cultivating the desire for the non-arising of unarisen, unwholesome states. And then when the unwholesome states have arisen, cultivating the desire to abandon already arisen unwholesome states. So, you know, maybe you've, you've, uh, you've met up with your mates and you're down the, the pub and you've got a drink in your hand and you're thinking, oh, I really shouldn't be doing this. I know this road is going to go. I know where this is going to go. And you have a few sips of your drink and then you, you remember desire to abandon unwholesome states that have arisen and you put that drink down and you walk out even if everybody's laughing at you. You do it because you know 
that it's it's going to help you go in the right direction. So these are very kind of simple and basic examples, but you know, we all we're all addicted to something. We all have a, you know whether it's just a until we're free really we all have we're all addicted to something so just recognizing what is it in my own life that I that I do again and again that's harming me that I can actually stop doing and and when and just like when you are addicted you know just that knowing that to stop in the middle of of something like that is hard it doesn't feel nice it's going to feel like a wrench but do it anyway because you know that it's going to take you in the right direction and then uh, the arousing of wholesome states that have not yet arisen so you know, sometimes we have to really um, put effort into being generous sometimes it comes very naturally but sometimes it doesn't There's a, the heart wants to pull back and think like just just go beyond that you know, just, just give anyway Sometimes it's giving of, uh, it doesn't have to be material giving either. It can be giving time or giving proper attention to somebody. You're kind of half with them as I was them. And, uh, but what if I'm just generous for this moment with my attention and I'm right here with them, remembering to put, you know, like putting effort into arousing wholesome states that haven't yet arisen. Uh, it can also be the, the practice of loving kindness. You know, we've all got the potential, the, the natural state of the mind, they say, is uh, radiant, um, bright, loving, accepting. So even when the mind isn't like that, you know, you can remind yourself, okay, well, that is that is the potential. You know, there is the potential for that, the natural state without all of the the uh, clouds and veils and dust and stuff that's all over it. The natural state is bright, open, loving, clear, accepting, wise. And uh, so making effort to cultivate the wholesome qualities that haven't yet arisen in the mind, rather than following the old grudges, the old grumbles, the old resentments, old fears and then when the wholesome states have arisen to maintain them to take care of them to keep putting energy into them <coughs> so we can just do a one-off good deed and that's that's lovely it's a good thing to do but to actually kind of keep working at it every day you know I think it's most useful. I, mean, I think most most of us have difficulties in relationship of some kind or another, whether it's uh, at work or in family or uh, whatever it may, wherever it may be. That there's often people who are really challenging to be with, and so the the old kilesis come up, and we 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 uh, react, and our mind, you know, recreates that person again. And uh, the old unwholesome states start to manifest, and maybe some unwholesome speech and a bit of unwholesome action, 
and then we're, we're kind of creating ourselves and that other person in a negative way so you know, to, to put the effort into developing consciously developing a, a more wholesome relationship in one's own mind and then to keep going with that you know, keep working at it, keep sustaining it every time that something happens and you feel really you just want to say something mean reactive dismissive each time is an opportunity to actually kind of take care of the wholesome state that had arisen before and, and also you know, if cultivating loving kindness you can get it going and, and the heart feels really good in the meditation you can really really enjoy I can sometimes really really enjoy uh, metta meditation it can be a lovely experience but then you know, to carry it through into your, into your daily life into your relationships into your actions that's another thing altogether so to arouse the desire to maintain the wholesome states that have arisen. So all of this takes effort, takes mindfulness. And uh, you know, if we do this, if we actually pick up this practice and actually apply it to our lives, then you know the the, the person who's who uh, crossed over from 2012 to 2013 might not be, most likely won't be, the same person who gets to the end of 2013 and into 2014, let's say. It'll be, because we change through our practice, through our efforts. We transform the, the negative habits and cultivate the, the wholesome habits. So it takes you know, a lot of effort and persistence to do this practice. And you know, I quite often hear people who've been practicing for years saying, "Oh, you know, I'm really wondering what I'm doing in this practice. I still, still, I have all these, you know, bad habits of mind and bad, bad habits of in speech, and oh, maybe it's just a waste of time." But uh, you know, just remembering that this, this is an opportunity to start again. This breath. It's an opportunity to start again, this day, this year, this lifetime. You know, this is an opportunity to start again. So not to, don't ever um, give up. Don't ever give up. Use this opportunity. And even if you forget a thousand times, just that moment of remembering is an opportunity. There's a, a poem that's just dropped into my mind, and I'm actually not sure who it's by. Um, come, come, whoever you are, wanderers, worshippers, lovers of learning, come. This is not a caravan of despair. Though you've broken your vows a thousand times, come, come again. Do you know who that is? Mm -hmm. Is it roomy? It's roomy. Mm. It sounds like 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. I love that poem. Poor Happies. Come, come again. And that though you've broken your vows a thousand times, come, come again. So it's, you know, never, never give up. Never think you're a hopeless case. Never settle for the, the self that the mind creates. But keep working away at it. You know, keep working away at those deep-rooted negative patterns. And keep cultivating the potential that we all have. It's just a, a moment at a time. And, you know, the times that we forget and we mess it up again, and, you know, we don't have to just kind of slide back into that comfortable or rather uncomfortable place, the familiar bed of nails. We don't have to do that. We can uh, recognise, okay, felt, felt like, you know, I gave it, I lost it that time. But actually, I really want to cultivate what is wholesome. I really want to turn towards the light and the darkness with the, with the light of awareness. And you know, keep developing the potential of this human life. And you know, doing good, there can be a lot of fun in doing good. There can be a lot of fun in, in cultivating the wholesome. It's not just about give, you know, giving everything up and being a good person and not having a good time. You know, there can be a lot of joy and a lot of playfulness and fun in the, in the process. So uh, it's all here for us. We just The main thing is to remember remember and to kind of have the humility to keep starting again even though we've broken our vows a thousand times to keep starting again and also just to see you know, to, to watch out for the ways that we keep creating others in our minds so if we live with someone or if we work closely with someone and we have this idea oh they're like that and uh, maybe you know, maybe, maybe even somebody we haven't seen for many years, and then we think, oh yeah, well I know them, they're like that. And just just to, to watch out for that, how we how we create people in our minds, and we kind of keep them stuck in some ways by doing that. So uh, it's like um, keeping a, a question mark or an, or an open space within which. The change can happen. So you know we have this. Uh, we're just in the first week of 2013. We're like little babies. Just started, and just seeing that you know, like really pick up. Seeing that there is this potential to to work at rooting out the unwholesome and uh, cultivating and maintaining the wholesome. And uh, let's just see where that takes us through this time.
Thank you for listening. To learn how you can support the teachers and Dharma Seed, please visit dharmaseed.org slash donate.